0: Offered to a
1: good morning good to see everybody that's here this morning hope you've had a blessed week a happy new year and ready to get the year started off Uh, here with our first Sunday of the year of 2024. Wanna welcome those of you who are online, whether you're on Facebook, on Twitter, on YouTube, any of those platforms, be sure to heart, to like, to share, subscribe there on YouTube, Uh, click the little notification bell, you'll get those little notifications when we go live. Also follow us there on Facebook and that's how you'll get that. And then also wanna say welcome to our phone live streaming uh, folks there. If you're interested in that number, uh, it's a great resource that we have. Uh, We'd be glad to give you that number, we just don't publicize it out over the, the internet there because we uh, like to protect that number uh, from um, um, telemarketers <laughs> and stuff. So, But we'll be glad to give you that number. You can call the church office. We'll give that to you. Uh, But want to say welcome to those of you who are listening on our phone live streaming. If you ever have any issues there, like there's no volume, no sound, those kind of things, please comment there on Facebook, and our guys are always watching those kind of things to make sure. I also want to encourage you, if you have access to our church website at highlandbaptistchurch.com, it's under the info tab, uh, that you can download the worship bulletin as well as the children's worship bulletins. If you need those in person, they're in the windowsill over here to my right for your kids. A little while later, we'll be dismissing for children's church. so I want to encourage you uh, to pick them up then if you want also, uh, and also be sure to sign uh, the sign-in and sign-out sheet out here on the stand outside the offices. And while you're there on the church website under the info tab, If you'll download also the prayer list for this week, encourage you to be praying for all those individuals who are on our prayer list. But we wanted to welcome you this morning. Happy New Year. Uh, 2024 is here. If you're one of our guests, or first-time guests, we want to encourage you uh, to pick up one of the gift bags that we have. There are some at the doors as you leave this morning. There are some on this side of the stage. uh, So be sure to pick up one of those. Uh, It's just a little gift bag that we want to give to you to say welcome. We're glad to have you here with us. It's got some information about our church and then some gifts that are in it for you also. But wanted to say welcome to you this morning also. So, Brother Mike, come and lead us.
2: Good morning, all. I know some of you hadn't been seated very long, but uh, I'm going to ask you to stand and sing with the choir. Let's sing 217 Oh, How I Love Jesus. (laughs) There is a name.
1: following along in your bulletins, you'll recognize there we're at the time of our missionary moment uh, of the week. And this is Jeyun and Mijong Park who are serving in Surrey, British Columbia, which is a suburb of Vancouver. And so uh, as uh, with many others who in 2020 were facing uh, COVID-19 and the pandemic and how all the things that affected people up there uh, in, in British Columbia it was a difficult time for them to start a church, but in February 2021, uh, the multi-ethnic church congregation of Clayton Gloria Community Church, uh, which is home to many young couples and immigrant population there, uh, began uh, and opened there and was launched and is, they're using that to reach out to the people in the communities there. The community there in Surrey is exponentially growing as is much of Canada uh, with lots of influx of people from all kinds of different ethnic backgrounds. And so pray for the parks as they continue to minister uh, as our missionaries there in Canada. Uh, But we also wanna encourage you to continue praying for our international missionaries and the Lottie Moon Christmas offering as we continue to give to that to reach our goal. So let's go to the Lord in prayer for the parks and all of our missionaries. Heavenly Father, we just wanna thank you so much for all that you have done for us. We thank you for sending Jesus who died on the cross to forgive us of our sins. We ask, Lord, that you would forgive us and cleanse us of all of our unrighteousness. Set us, Lord, on the path of righteousness for your name's sake and that everything we do, whether it's in our thoughts, in our actions, uh, in the things we do, and maybe sometimes in the things we don't do. Lord, I pray that we would be faithful to bring glory and honor to your name. Father, I pray that you would use us to make the name of Jesus and the fame of Jesus known throughout Uh, the world around us. And Father, that is uh, where we are today. The world uh, many times is coming to us. And so we want to uplift, Lord, the Parks, who are some of our missionaries serving in Surrey, uh, British Columbia there in Vancouver. We pray, God, for your blessings upon them. We pray for your hedge of protection about them. We pray, Lord, that as they have started this new church, uh, that it will continue to grow and continue to reach much of the population there in Surrey. Father, we pray for all of our missionaries, especially as we've been emphasizing our international missions uh, with the Lottie Moon Christmas offering. Lord, continue to bless us that we might be a blessing to those missionaries through our offerings and supporting them on the mission field. Thank you for the blessing of them answering the call uh, and that they have went to places that we may never ourselves be able to go. So bless them, Lord. Watch over them. Keep them safe in your arms. And Lord, as we come to worship you this morning, we want to give everything we have all that we are our thoughts our hearts our minds to you lord we come before you as we begin a new year we uh, many times have set some resolutions for a new year uh, maybe to read through the scriptures uh, in uh, all of this year uh, maybe to make sure we're spending that time and a devotion with you each day lord whatever our our new year's resolutions are i pray god that somewhere in that especially at the forefront of that We have made our resolutions to you, uh, that we have resolved, Lord, to be more faithful uh, in this coming year. We've resolved to share the gospel with those around us. We've resolved to, to grow in our relationship with you. And Father, if there are those who are here this morning who don't know Christ as their Lord and Savior, or maybe they're even watching online or listening online, we pray, God, that you will speak into their hearts the truth of your word, that they would come to the place of salvation in their lives. So, Lord, bless us this morning as we come to worship you. We give everything Thing we have an R to you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen and amen. Let me just remind you uh, that also you can do your online giving uh, at our church website at highlandbaptistchurch.com. You just go to the far right-hand side, click the Give Online tab, easy platform set up there that you can do online giving uh, as well as your Lottieman Christmas offering giving. If you want to do those in person, you'll find envelopes in the pews in front of you. Uh, You'll find the Lottieman Christmas offering envelopes in the windowsills around. So be sure to grab some of those uh, and to fill those out and you can place those in the offering plates uh, down here at the front. And as we said before, don't forget to continue uh, to pray for those uh, international missionaries, uh, especially those with the Lottie Moon Christmas offering. So, I want to emphasize that. We also started this again last Sunday uh, that we emphasized our Hoosier One. Uh, there are cards still down here in front of the pulpit. Encourage you to pick up one of these. What we're asking you to do is to write the name of an individual. It could just be the first name and the last initial uh, so that we can then, uh, you can take that and tear that off, place it in the offering plate, and we're going to refill our, our cross here. Uh, we're then also going to give you later uh, this month, probably maybe at the first of February, uh, some cards that'll have some generic names on it. You won't know exactly who those people are, but asking you to pray for those people, but you to pray for uh, the individual that you write down. There's 30 days of prayer uh, and a scripture that goes with each one, and we encourage you to be praying for those uh, who are lost as we seek to reach just one. Just think of that. If each one of us who are here this morning were to reach one person for Christ in this coming year, you couldn't see them all. Uh, in this this sanctuary. So I wanna encourage you to resolve in your hearts as a resolution for this year, to be faithful to invite people to come to church, to invite people to come to Jesus, and to answer that question, who is your one? Brother Mike.
2: As we continue in a song, would you turn your hymnals to 473 and sing with us, more love to thee, O Christ, 473. That's not a song we sing a lot, but I love the words of that song. Children's Church will be gathered over here on the piano side during this next hymn. And if you would, please stand and join us with hymn 211. 211, I Love Thee.
1: Take your Bibles this morning, if you will, and turn to John's Gospel in John chapter 21. Uh, One of the things I failed to mention a little bit earlier is we will be beginning back Awana uh, this week, but we'll also be beginning back our choir practice. So if you're in the choir, I want to encourage you uh, to be here this Wednesday night as we'll be restarting our choir practice Uh, For the new year, John chapter twenty-one. We're just going to begin with verse fifteen. If you remember uh, last week's message, we remember that Jesus appeared uh, to the disciples there uh, on the sea uh, at Galilee, there uh, as he cooked the fish for them and and began to talk with them and uh, began to minister to their hearts. And now we pick up uh, with verse fifteen in John chapter twenty-one. I've entitled this message this morning. Do You love me. And that's what I want to encourage you to answer that question about the Lord Jesus in your own hearts. Do you love him? Let's stand as we read God's word in honor of his word. John 21, verse 15. When they had finished breakfast, Jesus said to Simon Peter, Simon, son of John, do you love me more than these? He said to him, Yes, Lord, you know that I love you. He said to him, Feed my lambs. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, as we come to you in prayer this morning again, we just come before you, Lord. Just take all those distractions away from our hearts and our minds. We want to hear from you. We want to sense and feel your power and your presence in our hearts and our lives. So bless your word this morning as it goes forth. May it not return void. May we see some things that we can apply to our hearts and our lives. And most of all, may those who are lost hear the gospel message that they would trust in Jesus as their Lord and their Savior this morning. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. And you can be seated. You know, as we've been working our way through the life of Jesus for what has been today 134 sermons uh, that are preached through the Gospels here. It's been one of the most rewarding journeys through uh, the Gospels. We've seen water become wine. We've watched as Jesus walked on the water as He gave sight to a blind man, as He raised uh, a dead man uh, from the dead. And it's all about the Word, all because of the Word becoming flesh. Uh, We've heard Jesus preach about light coming into a world uh, of darkness, about bread coming down from God, and about life coming into dead sinners uh, like you and like me. And through it all, the purpose of the Gospels has been for us to believe the right things about Jesus and to understand the right things about Jesus so we could trust in Him and be born again. In fact, here's what John 20, verse 31, in the previous chapter, says to us at the end of that chapter. It says, "...but... But these are written, speaking about all the things that came before in John's gospel, but these things are written so that you may believe that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God, and that by believing you may have life. In his name, So that's the whole purpose of what we've been going through in the life of Jesus, uh, seeing and hearing the gospel message through his eyes and through the eyes of his disciples and those he ministered to. So we come to this passage this morning, and before we begin to dissect the words of Jesus to Simon Peter, I want us to just notice for a moment that Jesus is talking to Simon about finishing his life well. Now remember that this is the same Simon that had said, These may all leave you, but I never will. He's the same Simon, you remember, who drew a sword and cut a man's ear off. He's the same Simon Peter uh, who, who talked like a traitor and cussed like a sailor uh, just about a week before this event happens here. Uh, he's the same Simon that, that ran like a coward and cried like a baby. But now in the presence of all of these disciples, Jesus is choosing in this passage that we're looking at this morning to restore him to himself. And so his failure had been public. And so his repentance and his restoration needed to be public as well. I mean, everybody knew what Peter had done. They knew he had denied Jesus those three times. They knew it because Peter uh, didn't hide it. He, he, had, he was there in the courtyard. Uh, he, he, when he heard that cock crow uh, the third time, uh, he, he just bawled. He broke uh, in his heart because of it. And so one commentator said that that this event needed to happen uh, because Peter needed to, and the other disciples, they needed to hear Peter's affirmation of his love for Jesus Christ, and they needed to hear Jesus recommissioning him so that they would be uh, loyal in following his leadership. You know, if we've learned anything in this study through the life of Jesus, it's that you can get past your past. It doesn't matter what your past is, you can get past your past. I mean, think about the woman at the well back in John chapter 4. She'll tell you that you can't be too wicked for Jesus to save you. You look back at the woman caught in adultery back in John chapter 8, and she'll tell you that there is a fountain filled with blood. Uh, You remember Lazarus back in John chapter 11? He'll tell you that even death cannot stop Jesus from using you. And in a few weeks from this event here, Simon Peter is going to preach at Pentecost, and thousands are going to come to faith in Christ in one day. And, and, And you might ask him, how do you do that? And he would probably tell you about the fish breakfast by the Sea of Galilee And tell you, that's where I was restored by a sin-forgiving, life-changing God. A God of second chances named Jesus. Now there are three ways that Jesus tells Peter and tells us that we can finish well. And he does it by asking this question multiple times over, Do you love me? Now we're going to have a little bit of a Greek lesson this morning because when we look at the English in these words, it all comes across to us as L-O-V-E. Now you might be thinking L-O-V-E, Valentine's Day is coming. You might think of love in that respect. You might think of the love you have for your husband or you have for your wife or your boyfriend or your girlfriend. You might think of the love that you have for friends. You might think of the love you have for family. But what we're going to see is Jesus uses here a couple of different words. Peter uses one in particular uh, in this passage. But he, Jesus uses this question here to tell Peter how he can finish his life well and how we can finish our lives well. First I want you to see is this, is that we can finish well by living a life of service. By living a life of service. Now this is a critical passage with one great lesson that love is uh, one basic essential for life because without love life counts for nothing in god's eyes the greatest question uh, we could ever answer is this question do you love me so let's go back and look at these verses again here because after the meal jesus now begins to focus on peter in particular, There are other disciples who are there, but he wants to focus on Peter in particular. So look, look again at verse 15, if you will. When they had finished breakfast, Jesus says, not to the rest of the disciples, not to the beloved disciple, John, but to Simon Peter, Simon, son of John, do you love me more than these? He said to him, Yes, Lord, you know that I love you. And he said to him, feed my lambs. Now we're going to come back to that last part in just a little bit, but we want to focus on this question he's asking here. So Jesus and the disciples, they're sitting around, they're talking, they're sharing together after this meal, and Jesus needs to teach the disciples this basic lesson for life, love. It reminded Peter where he had come from, because he had come from a place of humble beginnings. All that Peter had become and would become was because of God. And it would remind Peter that he was nothing apart from Jesus Christ, and nothing apart from the mission that he's about to receive. And so the first question Jesus asked is, do you love me more than these. Now, there's a difference, as we said, in these three questions that Jesus asked of Peter. The first question asked to Peter, he said, uh, here uh, he was asking who he loved, who he agapus, uh, is from the from the root word agape. Uh, who do you agapas the most? The Lord Himself or these? Now, the first question that comes to our mind is what is these? We don't know what these are. The Bible doesn't specifically tell us what these are. There's honest debate as to what Jesus meant by these. There's really two camps, two major schools of thought that come down, and either one of those could be the right one. And both have some validity. The first one deals with the issue of spiritual arrogance, of pride. Some say that when he says, Do you love me more than these He's referencing the other disciples. Because remember, Peter was one who had bragged. You remember Peter was always speaking before he acted. He was always putting his foot in his mouth, if you will. He had bragged that he was more faithful than the others. You remember that? He had said, I'll never leave you. The rest of these guys, they may run. They may get be like cowards. They may scoot and scatter, but I'm going to stand strong. And that's not what happened with Peter. He had bragged that he was more faithful than the others. So, according to this view, Jesus was asking, oh, really? Uh, The idea is, have you learned anything, Peter? Do you still think that you're better than these men? And that's underscored in Jesus' language because two times Jesus uses the Greek word agape, or a form of it, agapes, in this first uh, reference here. And Peter answers with a different word for love, phileo. Now, the third time, Jesus does use Peter's word. We'll get to that in a moment. But even in the language, Jesus gives the picture that while we can never get up to Him, He can always come down to us. Oh, the love that drew salvation's plan. Oh, the grace that brought it down to man. Oh, the mighty gulf that God did span at Calvary. That's what that song says and that's what we sing because that's exactly what happens here in the Scriptures. He came down because he loved us. And if Peter was going to become the leader that Jesus wanted him to be, he had to have humility before the others. Now, it's amazing what happens in Peter's life. Because you see Peter one way in the Gospels, and then you read over in his letters, say, like 1 Peter chapter 5 and verse 5, where here's what Peter says to the New Testament church. He says, Likewise, you who are younger, be subject to the elders, clothe yourselves, all of you, with humility toward one another. For God, he said, opposes the proud but gives grace to the humble. Peter could say that because something had transformed and changed in his life. Proverbs chapter 3 and verse 34 says, Toward the scorners or toward the conceited people, he he is scornful. He has no use for conceited people. But to the humble, he gives favor. You know, sometimes we are so full of pride that we can't be used by God. Because remember, it was Peter who wrote in 1 Peter chapter 5 and verse 6, Humble yourselves, therefore, under the mighty hand of God, so that at the proper time He may exalt you. No person has ever been too little for God to use. But some people are just too big. They're too big here. They're too big here. They think they're hot stuff. They think they're God's gift to the church or God's gift to the world. So so here's what I want to encourage you this morning is to not be disqualified by your pride in service to the Lord. Don't be distracted also by your pastimes because we said there's an honest debate here as to what Jesus meant by these. Does he mean these disciples over here? Some say it it was the other disciples. Jesus could have been pointing to those disciples when they were sitting around. If so, he meant, do you love me more than these men or, or your family, this group of guys who's become like your family? Or Jesus could have been pointing to the fish, because you remember what happened in the previous verses? They had caught so many fish... In the nets, they were about to break, but they didn't break. And they brought all those fish, 153, there to the shore. When Jesus told them to bring them to the shore, they had their boats that were there on the shore. They had all their fishing equipment there. And Jesus could have been pointing to those fish and to the nets and to the boat. If so, he could have been asking, Do you love me more than you do your job? more than you do your profession, more than you do your career. In other words, either one of those is correct because we ought to love Jesus more than anything else in this world. We ought to love Jesus more than we love our own mothers and fathers. We don't know what these are. He doesn't tell us specifically. Maybe that's intentional. That it's intentional to be unclear at this point in order to make the these that is there in that passage apply to anything and to everything in our lives. Do you love Jesus more than these? Do you love Jesus more than these? more than your job, more than your profession? Do you love Jesus more than others in the church as a part of the body uh, of Christ? And so God very well may be pointing at your pastimes and your hobbies and asking you, do you love me more than these things? Well, the second question Jesus asked Peter is, do you love me with God's love? Because Peter still hadn't got the point here because Jesus asked him with a Greek word, agape, and Peter answers, yes, I phileo you. I love you with a brotherly love. So go back to verse 16, if you will, and we pick up with the second question. So we see the second Greek word for love. Jesus uses one word. Peter uses another word. He said to him a second time, Jesus did, Simon, son of John, do you love me? Do you agape me? And he said to him, Yes, Lord, you know that I phileo you. Didn't use the same word that Jesus uses. He says to him, Tend my sheep. He said to him the third time, Simon, son of John, do you love me? Now get this, Jesus flips it, and now he uses the word phileo. Jesus says, do you phileo me? Peter was grieved because he said to him the third time, do you love me? Do you phileo me? And he said to him, Lord, you know everything. You know that I phileo you, love you. Jesus said to him, Feed my sheep. Again, Jesus uses the word agape, the highest form of love, in that second question, the love of God Himself. But Peter doesn't reply, Yes, Lord, you know that I agape you, that I love you like I love God. He says, Yes, Lord, you know that I phileo you like I love the rest of these guys. In other words, I love you like a brother. I love you with a brotherly love. That's the phileo means brotherly love, uh, the love between two brothers. But when you come to that third question, it begins to look at the genuineness and the loyalty of Peter's love. Because here Jesus gets down to Peter's level, to the human level of love, and Jesus uses that word phileo, and he simply asks Peter, Peter, do you really love, do you phileo love me as a brother? And questioning the loyalty of his love there began to grieve Peter. But Jesus assures Peter that his love one day is going to reach the ultimate height, that Peter is going to be called upon to demonstrate an agape love, the sacrificial love of God. We'll get to that in just a moment, where Peter would one day be called upon to die for Jesus, to give his life for preaching the love of God. But what Jesus was doing was preparing his disciples for a new kind of love that was yet to come. Because up to the time of Jesus' death and his ascension, the greatest known uh, to man love was phileo love. I mean, in all of the Greek language, that was the highest form of love that you could have. I mean, there was eros love, which was your love between a husband and a wife, Uh, but this was a higher love, a brotherly love. Uh, Because, in fact, we we know that the Bible tells us greater love has no man than this, that he lay down his life for his friends. It's that phileo love, the agape love that even goes beyond a phileo love. And so it was the willingness of a man to die for a friend. But in Jesus, God was beginning to show the world a whole new kind of love, agape love. In fact, agape love was a love so new that they didn't even have a meaning for that word agape. They had to make up that meaning uh, to, to, to give to that word. Agape became the love that was willing to give and to die, not just for a friend, but even for an enemy. That placed agape love above phileo love. Because phileo love said, I'll love you if you love me. I'll love you if you're my friend. But agape love said, I'll love you even if you're my enemy. I'll die for you even if you're my enemy. And so agape love was willing to give and even die for the enemy. The highest level of love possible is the love of God. It's the love that's spoken of in John 3.16, one of the greatest scriptures that's been known by, by mankind, whether you're lost or you're saved, that for God so loved the world that He gave His only Son that whosoever believes in Him should not perish but have eternal life. Agape love is Jesus dying for people who have no strength. It's people dying, it's Jesus dying for the ungodly. It's Jesus dying for sinners, uh, for the enemies of God. And so Jesus asked, do you love me? Do you agape me? And then he got down to his level and says, Peter, do you really, really love me? I mean, you say you phileo love me, but are you willing to give your life? Now, notice also in those questions, three times Jesus responds after Peter does. So, three times Peter's asked by Jesus, Do you love me? Three times he was told to to feed or to tend the flock of God, whether it was the lambs or whether it was the sheep. And if Peter really loved the Lord, then he was told that he would be a shepherd of the flock of God. Now, Scripture says that the lambs and the sheep are the flock of God. That is, they are the church of God. So Jesus was saying to Peter, if you love me, here's what I want you to do. Guard yourself and be faithful. Feed my lambs and feed my sheep my church. Now, the flock of God is made up of lambs, And of sheep. Lambs that he's referring to are new believers, are are those who are immature in their faith. And the sheep are those who are mature believers, believers who've walked with and grown uh, in the Lord for a long time. And and so he's saying here that the ministry to the flock or to the church is twofold. The first ministry is to feed, to give food. What do you give uh, if he's talking about here, he's not talking about literal sheep, he's talking about people. What's he talking about? He's not talking about putting a spread of fried chicken out. Preachers love fried chicken. But he's not talking about that. He's talking about spiritual food here. He's talking about this... He's talking about the Word of God that we need to be feeding on the Word of God like Peter goes on to say in his letter in 1 Peter chapter 2 and verse 2 and verse 3. He says, like newborn infants long for the pure spiritual milk that by it you may grow up into salvation if indeed you have tasted that the Lord is good. You need to be feeding on the milk of the Word of God. That's just barely getting into the surface. But eventually in your life, you ought to be growing and maturing in your faith that you're feeding on the meat of the Word of God. The second ministry that he talks about to Peter is that of being a shepherd because shepherding involves all the works of of the ministry. And so Jesus had taught Peter that you can finish well by living a life of service. And then he tells him that you can finish well by living a life of sacrifice. Notice what Jesus goes on to say here. And this is why he was laying this out for, for Peter here, asking him those three times, because you remember three times he had denied Jesus, three times now he's asking these questions to, to counteract that uh, denial that Peter had had uh, back earlier in the Gospels here. And so he's preparing Peter for what he's about to telling him, tell him here in verse, eight and verse nine, or 18 and verse 19, that you can finish well by living a life Sacrifice, So Jesus says, Peter, I want to talk to you about your death. So notice verse 18. Truly, truly, I say to you, when you were young, you used to dress yourself. You used to walk wherever you wanted. But when you are old, you will stretch out your hands, and another will dress you and carry you where you do not want to go. Now, that's just a fact of life. When we're young, we we go, we do whatever we want to. We think we've got the world ahead of us. But when we get older, sometimes things start breaking down in the body and start breaking down mentally in the mind. And we need others to take us by the hand. And you know those individuals. You've had family members maybe even that have had to have that kind of care to have someone help to dress them, to carry them where maybe they even don't want to go. Well, here for Peter... This was literal. He was gonna, there were going to be people who were going to take him where he did not want to go, uh, a, a place that he did not want to have to face. Because verse 19 says that this he said to show by what kind of death he was to glorify God. And after saying this, he said to him, follow me. So Jesus had said, Peter, I want to talk to you about your death. And like any good funeral sermon, the story of Peter's death ought to cause us to evaluate some things about our life. Notice the mode of sacrifice in verse 18. Jesus was saying when you were a child, you did what you wanted to do. When you get near your death, somebody's going to force you to do things that you wanna, don't want to do. Now, verse 19 only makes it clear that verse 18 is describing his death, not only his death, but the actual kind of death, he's going to die, and that is crucifixion. Now, early church history is unanimous that Peter was crucified under the emperor Nero about 30 to 35 years after this meal. But just like Peter, we've also been called to a place of crucifixion. Here's what what, what Paul writes to us in Galatians chapter 2 and verse 20. He says, I have been crucified with Christ. You see, if you're here this morning and you know Jesus as your Lord and your Savior, that is to be your life, that every day you are to crucify the self and live, not live in the flesh, but live in the Spirit. And that's what Paul is talking about there. He says, I have been crucified. The old self has been put to death. I am a new creature, a new creation in Christ Jesus. And so for Peter, the sacrifice wasn't just a symbol here. The sacrifice was literal. It was a physical one. For us, it is at least a place of spiritual death. It's difficult for us where we live to talk about sacrifice. It's tough to talk to American Christians about persecution. We think sacrifice is is when we're asked to change our Sunday school classroom or or to work in the nursery. Or uh, We think persecution is when our, our favorite retailer says, Happy Holidays and not Merry Christmas. We don't got a clue what true persecution is of Christians. We may experience that. We're not there yet. 1 Peter 2, verse 9 commands us to be a peculiar people, to be a holy nation. But let me ask you this. What does it cost you to follow Jesus? What does it cost you? For some of us, it's cost us very little. But it cost Jesus everything. That's the mode of sacrifice. And then Jesus shares the motive for sacrifice. That's always important. Not just that there is to be sacrifice. But what's your motive in sacrifice? Is it to be seen by others? Is it to get accolades from God? Is it, uh, what's it for? What's the motive? Why? Well, look again at verse 19. This he said to show by what kind of death he was to glorify God. So the motive is that God would be glorified through his sacrifice that the offering of our lives, even when it is costly, especially when it is costly, ought to be an act of worship. Father God, here I am. I give everything to you. Do you really mean that? We sing that, we say that. But do you really mean that? Do you mean you would be willing to give your life for Jesus We ought to be convicted by what we give to lesser things as we give Jesus so often the leftovers. This text is calling us back to a God-pleasing, sin-killing cross where our Savior bears the wrath of heaven for our sin. Now understand this, you can finish well, by living a life of service. And you can finish well by living a life of sacrifice. But thirdly, I want you to see we can finish our lives well by living a life of submission. Go to verse 20 with me, if you will, down to verse 25. So after telling him about his death, Jesus repeats a simple mandate that first caused Peter to become a disciple. So he goes all the way back in Peter's life, back to when he called Peter to become a follower to start with. And what did he say to Peter back then? What did he say to all of those disciples? Follow me. That's what he says to you and to me this morning. He says, follow me. Now, I really believe that's what Peter wanted to do, but he hardly takes a single step before he's met with the distraction. Now, Peter's going to finish well. There are two things he has to learn and that he and we need to have in our own lives. The first is this. Peter needed to have a singular focus on Jesus. Look at verse 20. So Jesus has already said this stuff to him about loving him. Do you love me? Do you not love me? Peter's answered, yes, I love you. Yes, I love you. Feed my sheep, tend my sheep. After saying this, Jesus said to him, Follow me. And then verse 20, Peter turns. And he saw the disciple whom Jesus loved following them. The one who also had leaned back against him during the supper, during the last supper in the upper room, and had said, Lord, who is it that is going to betray you? The narrative portion of John's gospel here ends with a rather strange exchange. Because Jesus has told Peter, follow me, and Peter is met with a common dilemma. He's distracted by another person following Jesus. And in this case, it's the author of this gospel. It's John the Apostle. These two had seen a lot together. Along with James, they had been on the Mount of Transfiguration. They had been together in the intersection of Gethsemane in the garden there. So the question comes from Peter when he turns and sees this disciple whom Jesus loved following them, the one who had leaned against him during the supper, and it said, Lord, who is it that is going to betray you? Verse 21, when Peter saw him, he said to Jesus, Lord, what about this man? What about him? And the answer from Jesus is a blunt answer, but it's also a practical answer. It's none of your business. None of your business about him. You know what is your business? You. So often that's our problem. We're worried about what somebody on the other side of the church is doing, what somebody else in, a, in another Sunday school class is doing, what somebody else is doing here, when we need to be concerned about ourselves. Jesus is saying, what I do with my other followers is none of your business. In the church today, we so often become distracted by other believers. We get sidetracked by their life, by their walk, by their obedience, or their lack thereof. And many times it's their lack thereof because we want to point out the the negative things in somebody else's life. Why? Because we want to make ourselves feel better. We want to make ourselves look better in front of others. And we say, well, at least I'm not like so-and-so. At least I don't act like them or do like them. And we're always pointing out the negative things around us because we want to try to elevate ourselves up because we're just like Peter was at one time, filled with pride. Jesus says to us today, that's none of your business. Follow me. Now, John wasn't a backslidden believer who was pulling Peter away from Jesus. But Peter needed to learn a lesson early on. If you put your eyes on other people... Here's what I want to tell you. It's a fact that will happen every time. They will let you down. Do you get that? You put your eyes on other people, and that even means the preacher, and you know what they're going to do? You know what a preacher is going to do? They're going to let you down. I'm not God. I'm not perfect. There's no preacher that is. There's no other believer in this church that is perfect. So don't elevate somebody else up on a pedestal, and certainly don't try to put yourself up on a pedestal. That's the lesson Peter needed to learn. If you put your eyes on other people, they're going to let you down. So keep your eyes on Jesus, keep your eyes on the author and the finisher of your faith. That's the Christian life in its purest form. So as you're beginning a new year, let that be the resolve of your heart and your life in this year and the rest of your life. Keep your eyes on Jesus. Whatever that means, whatever that takes for you to do that, keep your eyes on Jesus who is the author and finisher of your faith. Follow Jesus. We need to have a singular focus on Jesus. Verse 23 went on to say, so the saying spread abroad among the brothers that this disciple was not to die. Yet Jesus did not say to him that he was not to die. And this is John answering this. He didn't tell me that I wasn't gonna die. He said, but if, this is what he said, but if it is my will that he remain until I come, what is that to you? Don't worry about him, worry about me. Here's the second point that Peter needed to learn. And that we need to learn, if we're going to faithfully follow Christ, have a sure faith in Jesus. Not only a singular focus on Jesus, but to have a sure faith in Jesus. What does that mean? Because so often we talk about faith and and, and some abstract idea out there, but he's simply saying this, a sure trust in Jesus. Do you really, really, truly trust in Jesus? So he he goes on to say, this is the disciple in verse 24, who is bearing witness about these things, John speaking about himself here, and who has written these things, and we know that his testimony is true. Now there are also many other things that Jesus did. Were every one of them to be written? I suppose that the world itself could not contain the books that would be written. So after identifying himself as the author of this book, John here, he reminds us that he has been a faithful witness who has presented credible evidence all throughout his gospel. All throughout the four gospels, we've seen the credible evidence of who Jesus is and what he has come to do. But John in particular has given us the credible evidence for the humanity and the deity of Jesus. And so he closes his inspired book here with an incredible word of testimony. It would have blown the minds of the jury except for the fact that any objective juror would know it was true. Did you hear his closing statement there in verse 25? Read it with me again. He says, now there are also many other things that Jesus did. He's saying, I did not even touch the tip of the iceberg of all the things Jesus did. And if every one of them were to be written, he's saying, I suppose that the world itself could not contain the books that would be written. Now that statement may seem like inspired hyperbole, like divine exaggeration, but if you understand truly who Jesus is and what Jesus has done, you know it's literal truth. Because of all the works of Jesus were described, written down. There's no library in the world that could hold all the volumes of books that could be written. He's saying even the world itself wouldn't be a big enough library to hold all those books. So John's final point is simple. If you aim to live a life submitted to Jesus, then and only then can you do so with confidence that he is who he said he is. Understand that following Jesus isn't some blind leap of faith. It's not some blind leap out into the darkness. Following Jesus is informed. It's an informed step into the light. You have Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John that we've gone through in 134 sermons to see the evidence of who Jesus is. The most logical thing for a person to do, after seeing what the Gospels say, after hearing who Jesus is, is to submit to the one who was the eternal God come in the flesh. Our goal in life ought to be to finish well. We ought to want to give a good ending to the story of our life. We can finish well by living a life of service, We can finish well by living a life of service, but all of that is meaningless unless we live a life of submission to the Lord Jesus Christ. Would you do that this morning? Let's pray. Heavenly Father, thank you this morning for this passage that as John comes to the close of his gospel, Lord, as we're nearing the end of our walk through the journey Of the life of Jesus. Lord, I pray that you have spoken into our hearts that question that we heard to Peter Do you love me? Because another reason that he's asking that question Do you love me? is because Jesus is saying, I sure did love you. That's why I died on that cross, that's why I was buried in that tomb. That's why I rose on the third day, because I loved you, Peter. And he's saying to us this morning, I love you. Lord, I pray that's the message we have heard this morning, that there's not a single one of us here that are too far from your reach. We are here because you have brought us here. We are watching online or listening on the phone because you have brought us to this place this morning to respond to this question. Do you love me? Father, I pray that if there are those who are here this morning that have realized through this journey of the life of Jesus that they don't know Jesus as their Lord and their Savior. Father, I pray they would call out to you this morning and say, Dear God, I know that I'm a sinner. I know that I need to be saved. I believe Jesus died on the cross for me, for my sin. And he was buried in the tomb and arose on the third day to give me eternal life. Jesus, I call out to you this morning, come into my heart and my life and save me and help me to live for you all the days of my life. Father, if someone's prayed something like that in their own words this morning, Father, I pray that they would have uh, confidence in their heart to know that based on the Word of God, not what they feel, not what the preacher said, but what the Word of God says, that if we call upon the name of the Lord, we shall be saved. If we believe in our heart and we confess with our mouth Jesus as Lord, the Scripture says we shall be saved. Father, I pray this morning there will be those who would come beginning a new year to say, Lord, I want to start this off right. I want to begin with you. Father, I pray there will be those who come to publicly profess that faith in Christ. Lord, there's a lot of us here who we've walked with you, we've talked with you, and you've sat us down today to ask us, like you did Peter, do you love me? Do you agape me? Do you love me with a godly love? Are you willing to die for your enemy? Do you love me? Do you phileo love me? Do you, would you even die for Jesus, for your friend, the one who died for you? What sacrifice, what cost would you be willing to pay? And Father, I pray that we would be able to answer this morning with a resounding yes, Lord, whatever it takes, I will follow you this day, this month, this year, and the rest of my life. Maybe you've messed up like Peter. Maybe you've messed up like some of the other people that Jesus brought miracles into their life, the miracle especially of of salvation. Maybe there are many of us who are here like Peter. We've messed up. And you're wanting to restore us to a right relationship with you this morning. Father, I pray that we would just simply come to this altar and pray to say, Lord, I sacrifice it here on this altar before you. I give everything I have and am to you. And I ask, Lord, for you to use me, especially in this new year, for your kingdom's sake. To bring glory to you. And Father, I pray that your will will be done in this invitation. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. As we stand, as we sing our hymn of invitation number 317, the Lord spoke into your heart. Will you come this morning for the mic? Come and lead us as we stand and sing. Brother Mark Smith, come and share our announcements before we leave.
3: Good morning, all. and Happy New Year to each of you. Uh, Pastor Matt has an announcement to kick us off here.
4: Well, it's good to be back in the land of the living, and uh, thank you all so much for your prayers as we have, for the most part, gotten better. But get your uh, pen out and a piece of paper. I got some things that you all need to write down because I'm sure you'll just throw this little bulletin away by the time you leave here. But hey, uh, February 3rd is going to be our chili cookoff, And so uh, I'll have a sign-up sheet out by next week and so we can get people to start signing up. Right now, I think our last year winner was Brittany. And so if you think you can beat her, sign up. And so, but I think she's saying that no one's going to beat her this year again. So. Uh, she's gonna go back to back and you remember who went back to back before that was Miss Samantha so we never had another back-to-back winner than Miss Samantha so it's gonna be February 3rd 5 30 to 7 p.m. and the prize this year I'm excited about I'm not gonna tell you what it is but it is awesome and so also parents coming up is Centricid. Kid Kids deposits need to be turned in by February 15th of $75. If you have any questions, see me, talk to Amanda Monroe. Um, She's not here this morning, but if you need her number, you know, text her, call her, Um, give her an idea so we can make sure that we have, know how many uh, spots, you know, that we need to fill and what those deposits, how many deposits we need to be looking for. And also youth parents, deposits are due for youth camp Of $75 by the 24th on uh, the 25th I will readjust my numbers if I do not get all 20 slots filled because I have to send a check in to YM 360 by the 31st of January so if you if you call me on the 26th hey it is still too late yes it's too late cuz then I have to call them and try to get those spots back so I need to know and have deposits in by the 24th. It is $75 a deposit. We, we do have scholarships available, but we need to know, you need to communicate that to us so that we know what you're thinking and what's going on. So please, don't let money be a reason why your kid can't go, but communicate, let us know so that your child doesn't get left out. Also on February 11th will be our first VBS meeting. Uh, we'll meet in the, sanctu- or in the fellowship hall again. Uh, the goal is to get t-shirt sizes again for volunteers, also to you know, get people signed up for roles they wanna do if you wanna teach uh, music, um, help out with preschool, uh, maybe just be part of, just be a helper. So be here for that meeting on February 11th at three o'clock, because VBS will be right around the corner. If you have any questions, just let me know, and, or you could talk to Miss Amy too about that meeting on VBS as well, thank you. All
3: day. <laughs> Thank you, Matt. <clears throat> Pastor Jim mentioned about the Awana starting back this week. Be in prayer for the children and for the workers in Awana as they begin this new semester. Also be in prayer for two families, two church families have lost loved ones this week, the McBride family and the loss of Miss Gale's mother, Eva Pearl Fultz, I believe, and also Jim Dougherty's lost his stepmother, Carol Dougherty be in prayer for these two families. If you are interested in the prime timers lunch on Tuesday, there's a sign-up sheet in the hall, and you can sign up there after the service. Let's go to the Lord in prayer as we close. Father, we we thank you for your love for Peter. We thank you for looking into his heart and seeing one who desired to serve you and to be faithful, but who was um, fallible and and who failed you as we all have. We thank you for looking into each of our hearts and asking that same question, do you love me? And giving us that same that same uh, exhortation to feed your sheep and feed your lambs. Thank you for each brother and sister that is here. We do lift up the McBride and the Dougherty families in their loss at this time. Go with us from this place and may we honor your uh, Self with our lives and our presence. Pray in Christ's name. Amen.